Hi, this is Nicole here and this is Ought to Know. Thank you for joining me again for another lively discussion on autism and disability life. Uh, Again, my name is Nicole Flamer. I am the mother of five, three of which are diagnosed on the autism spectrum, ages 21, 18, and 14, soon to be 15. And then I have six-year-old twins who are not on the autism spectrum. So that is my background. So I've been roughly dealing with special education, uh, mental health, uh, behavioral health, um, all kinds of issues for about this last 17 years. Um, So I'm going to continue my discussion on waivers. But before I get started, I do have a bit of opinion I want to give. And it goes a little something like this. There are gatekeepers in our community, people who know things about how the system works and they have information, they have access, they have connections. And unfortunately, um, as a gatekeeper, you can either keep the gate open or you can keep the gate closed. And the reason why I do my show is because I'm an African-American woman I'm a single mother, divorced mother, and, you know, for as much as people say that people don't judge people and people don't make snap judgments based on your class or your race or uh, social status, that is not true. I've had several events happen to me over the last week, which has reminded me that You know, even though most people that I encounter on behalf of my kids in this community are sweet as pie, lovely people, there are people who aren't. And the reason why I do this show and provide this information is because there are people who know this stuff and they don't share it readily. You know, it's funny, I belong to a number of autism groups, Facebook groups and stuff, and nobody was talking about waivers. And then I started doing my podcast and now people are putting up all kinds of information about waivers and it's great. Okay. I'm not a hater, but I feel as if this discussion, you know, I've been doing this for 17 years. And as I mentioned in the previous episode, I didn't learn about waivers until my son was 13. So I'm opening the floodgates. If I know something, I'm going to let you know. And I'm going to give you accurate, accurate information because I'm just getting it from the Office of Developmental Programs. I'm not providing any type of commentary about the information. It is what it is. I will give you contact people that you can call uh, to get the people who make decisions and the people who, um, you know, who you need to contact to apply and get on the list because it's not fair. You know, and life is not fair. I get it. But I'm not, I'm tired of being in the dark and I'm tired of other people being in the dark. So that's why I do this. And I'm passionate about it because when you find out something, you know, waivers have been around since the 1970s. Okay. They've changed. They're going through a significant change right now, a review and change right now. But 1970s. I, you know, I was born in the 1970s, so they've been around for a long time. So people know this information and this, you know, you can call it an epidemic, an onslaught, this group of individuals who are, uh, you know, being 
have been diagnosed over the last 15, 20 years with autism, you know, they're becoming adults and they need this funding stream. They need access to these services because they don't have jobs. I think I read a statistic last week or I reposted it on the Autism Community and Care Facebook group that it's like 90% are unemployed or it's 60% are unemployed and 90% live with their parents. Either way, there's no independence here. These waivers offer a way, a bridge to independence. So let's get right into it. That's my rant. And um, like I said before, it's my show. So, so I'm going to say what I want. And I definitely believe there are gatekeepers. And I just would implore you as a listener, as a consumer, as a parent or a loved one, wherever you fall, you know, keep fighting until you get the information that you need to get the results that you want. Don't let these people intimidate you because they know more and they have access to more information. You know, it, it you got to do your research, but on top of that, you have to stay persistent. And I know it's hard because as a parent, I struggle with it. I, you know, I'm doing this times three. So it's like, you know, I'm fighting one battle and then I'm turning around having to fight another and then turning around having to fight another. And it gets very, very frustrating and overwhelming. And sometimes, you know, you don't want to get out of bed and you don't want to deal with it. And you don't want to make that extra phone call or fill out that next form or that next release or refill it out, even though you filled it out six or seven times and, and people are mean and they, you know, make you jump through hoops just to see you jump. And they do. There are these kind of savage, sadistic people in the system, you know, and like I said, most people are nice, but Please believe if you feel like you are being discriminated against or you feel like somebody is making a snap judgment, they probably are. And don't let anybody tell you that you're crazy or that you're not seeing it is for what it is. And fight, people. Just fight. Just keep, you know, keep fighting politely, you know, and then get the teeth out if you have to. But anyway, I don't want to, you know, this is not about that. This is really about the information. So let's get into waivers. I hope I didn't offend anybody, but I don't really care. So, okay, so we talked about there's 11 different waivers, but there's really for people on the autism spectrum, adults on the autism spectrum, and like um, I think I mentioned before, uh, you can be eligible of these before you're adult. That's a myth that I've been seeing promulgated on different sites. Yes, you can be eligible and you can receive funding before your child, for some of these, before your child turns 18, 21, what have you. So don't believe the hype because that's what they told me as well. And that is not true. There are people receiving waiver funding at a childhood age, just having the diagnosis. And when I read you from ODP, what the eligibility criteria is, you'll see that. So let's start with the consolidated waiver. Now, before I go into that, uh, the waivers have monetary limits, which means that they have, uh, there are limits to the funding. So for, let's see, let me give you these, this money, how much each one Okay, so for the consolidated, the adult autism, and the OBRA waiver, they don't have any cap uh, on the cost of services that can be provided. No cap whatsoever. The community living and the PFDS waivers do have caps. So right now, the community living waiver can exceed $70,000 in um, 
in costs and expenses. And the PFDS waiver cannot receive more than 33,000, although it could be increased up to 15,000 for certain employment services. So those are the caps and those are the waivers that we're going to discuss actually. And um, I will reiterate those because, you know, kind of just ran over those a little bit. So let's start with the consolidated waiver. Here is the key non-financial eligibility criteria. That means this is the eligibility criteria that doesn't have to do with income and need, okay? So the consolidated waiver eligibility is a person of any age who has a diagnosis of intellectual disability or autism that onset before age 22, or if she has substantial adaptive skill deficits, you're going to hear that in most of them, in three or more of the following major life activities, self-care, understanding and use of language, learning, mobility, self-direction, and capacity for independent living. A child age eight or younger who has a diagnosis of developmental disability, if there's a high probability, it will result in intellectual disability or autism. And if he or she has a substantial adaptive skill deficits in three or more of the following major life activities, self-care, understanding and use of language, learning mobility, self-direction, and capacity for independent living. That is the non-financial eligibility. Did anywhere, did I say that people can only be eligible 21 and older over for the consolidated waiver? No, because that is not true. You can be a person of any age, any age who has a diagnosis of ID or autism that onset before age 22. That just means that they were diagnosed before the age of 22. So consider that. That's the consolidated waiver. Number two, community living waiver. Eligibility is exactly the same as the consolidated waiver. The non-financial. We'll get to we'll get to the financial eligibility. Okay. Third, the PFDS waiver. Same as the consolidated waiver. So for those three waivers, now remember the differences between consolidated is unlimited there is no cap on the services the community leveling waiver is 70,000 that's the limit of of money available for services and then the PFDS is 33 and possibly an additional 15 for employment services those are the big three right okay let's move on to the adult autism waiver now here's the non-financial eligibility criteria a person age 21 or older who has a diagnosis of autism that onset before the age 22 or or i'm sorry if he or she has substantial adaptive skill deficits in three or more of the following major life activities Again, here we go. Self-care, understanding and use of language, learning, mobility, self-direction, and capacity for independent living. That's it. Next, the OBRA waiver. This is a little different. A person between the ages of 18 and 59, inclusive, who has a diagnosis of developmental disability, including autism, that onset before age 22, If he or she has substantial adaptive skill deficits in three or more of the following major life activities, self-care, understanding and use of language, learning, mobility, self-direction and capacity for independent living. Note, a person who qualifies for the OBRA waiver prior to age 60 can continue to receive services through that waiver after he or she turns 60. So this is the only one of those 
mentioned waivers that says a person between the ages of 18 and 59. That's the only one. The other ones, any age, as long as you fit the eligibility criteria of ID or autism, depending. Okay? So, big myth. That is not true. You do not become eligible at 21. You don't have to wait. Funding does not have to wait until you're 21. That is a big myth. Now, here's the here's the reality. There is a waiting list, okay? So even though you can apply at a younger age, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to get the funding until what happens is at 21, people go onto an emergency waiting list and they become eligible. So you know, you can apply if your child is eight or nine or whatever, but this is where advocacy comes into play. You know, the people that have them or had them for their children when they were younger, they advocated for them. You know, they, they, they advocated and they made a case for why they needed that funding. So it's not, these are, these are, these are the eligibility. If you fall within there, you're eligible. You can advocate. You can be the squeaky wheel until you get what you need for your loved one. Remember that. So don't be put off because I was told many times by different people, oh, well, he's not going to get it until he's 21. So, you know, basically they did without saying don't ask. They said don't ask, you know. So and these were people who were supposed to be in my corner even. So please take that into consideration. Okay, see if there's anything else I want to mention because I don't want these, as I said, episodes to go long. So do some research. In the description, I will have links. I'm going to give you to the, what I am going off of is provided by the Disability Rights uh, Network of Pennsylvania. They have a really very simple chart. It shows you what types of services the waivers each waiver what types of services each waiver will pay for so we have things like respite that's across the board of all five Uh, like education support services that's in the consolidated the community living and the pfds waiver Um, therapies physical ot and speech all covered okay Um, music and art therapy are in the consolidated community living PFDS. There's probably about 40 different services that they have listed. And then there's also ways that you can advocate for other things that might be more individualized to your loved one's needs. So I'm going to put the link in there so you can read that and access that on your own. And if you have any questions, feel free to leave me a message in the comments or I'm available by email at aut, A-U-T dot T-O-K-N-O-W at gmail.com. Please feel free to send me a message. I do respond. Uh, I'm on Facebook under Nicole Adele. I have a nonprofit called Autism Community and Care Connection. All you have to do is put that in the search and we'll come up. You can, uh, I post regularly at least three or four times a day, different articles I find, uh, my own personal um issues and then things for the nonprofit that we do. And I'll discuss that in another episode. But if you're interested, just send me a message and I'll give you information. I just wanted to add real quickly that I forgot to talk about what the financial eligibility criteria is. So the typically, it means that the individual who's applying for the waiver, their income 
cannot exceed 300% of the Social Security uh, or the SSI Supplemental Security Income Standard per month, which according to this document is $2,250 per month, and his or her accountable resources cannot exceed $8,000. So that's the the um, financial eligibility. Now that's as an individual, not as a family, like in the past, this is as an adult, them standing alone with, you know, whether or not they have jobs or income that that is in reference to their personal income. So that's something to consider as well. So thank you for joining me for this episode. This has been uh, What is a Waiver Part 2, where we went over the five major waivers that are kind of relevant to our community and our population. Uh, In the next episode, Part 3, I'm going to talk about how you apply, how you get on the waiting list, who you have to contact, um, what kind of information they need from you, um, and that whole process. And then I'll give my input of, you know, what happened to me and my son as we went through this process over the last couple of years. So thanks for joining me. This is Nicole Flamer. This has been Ought to Know. Talk to you soon. Mm -hmm.